When you consider getting a new dog, do you A, look online, B, look at local shelters or pounds, C, ask around, or D, stab a random man walking down the street with his dog and then take the animal for your own? Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Joanne Archie is not your dog. So, welcome back to Cryptic Soup. I'm Tina. And I'm Kylie. I don't have anything for him tonight. I don't have any weird shark stories or anything. <laughs> no weird shark stories? I actually did have a fish story and like oh. an ocean story that I was thinking about earlier today. And then I was like, well, I need to calm down on those. And so I deleted it and then I forgot it. Because I was like, <laughs> if it's truly important enough, I'll remember it when the time comes. And I don't. So I don't. So here we are. Here we are. That's all. Huh. Hmm. Do you have anything else? I'm thinking. Let me think. Mm. Well, I can give an update on what Taylor would like to be called in the Discord. Okay. <laughs> um, let me find it. We're totally gonna do this, so it's gonna be cool. I have a nickname that I call myself at the gym. <laughs> Do you want to know that? Sure. So you know the old rapper from the 90s, Puff Daddy? Yeah. When I'm working out, I call myself Buff Daddy <laughs> instead. Okay. <laughs> That's all. Okay, what's Taylor's name? Well, first of all, he misspelled Nexium wrong every single time. Love it. It was hilarious. I was like, was it Corey or was it Taylor that did this? Um, he said, you should call my channel in the discord, the laboratory or just the lab. And I can post works in progress and stuff like that. So now he's going to be the, the laboratory. <laughs> he Oh, I think this is an insult, but I don't mean it as an insult. I mean it as a compliment. <laughs> I reminds, think this is an insult. He reminds me of both of them, but he reminds me of the pinky and the brain. <laughs> Cause he's quirky. Like the funny one, Pinky, but then he's smart, like the brain. So he's both Pinky and the brain. No, you're really not wrong. He's yeah. also a chemist. See? He's so. Pinky brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So there you go. There you go. Some of the things that he's been posting lately have been really, really cool, too. Hmm. So you guys should go check that out. You'll have to hear about it at the end of the episode, though. Because that's when we... Shout him out. Talk about it more, <laughs> more heavily, we should say. We talk about it nonstop because we like, I don't know, we like talking about our friends. We're proud of our friends. We think our friends do cool stuff. And we're mm -hmm. like, hey, we want to talk about them because of all their cool stuff that they do, you know, because they do cool stuff. That seems about right, right? Do you think they do cool stuff? I think they do cool stuff. <laughs> I feel like I'm rambling today. You like, I don't. <laughs> I like don't mean to be rambling. I just like I haven't had a lot of human talk today. Uh-huh. I uh yeah, me either. Like I I yesterday it was the worst. I was on the phone with customer service from 9:30 a.m. till 6 p.m. and I didn't even get anything done. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So like <laughs> I haven't had like a lot of actual human interaction. I've just had like um terribleness. 
So you want to talk about something weird? Yeah. Okay. So there's this whole, and this is perfect to talk to you about because it's, it's very interesting. So I have a couple of gay friends and some of them are older and some of them are younger. Mm -hmm. And the younger ones say, um, that part and period and what's the other one? And Jimmy, who has been in our podcast before. In the Arcos. Yep. Um, said, yeah, that's a thing after, you know, like, because you're like confirming something. Like, yeah. So like, instead period. of like, yes, like it's like period. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you got to really use that, uh, that meme with the, the nails and the, the spicy Cheeto girl <laughs> nail meme. You know what I'm talking about? No. What? Are you serious? You don't know? Like, yeah. there's, like, Patrick Starr and there's other ones, but it's the spicy <clears throat> Cheeto girl, pretty much? No. What? Okay. Um, Let me find a spicy Cheeto girl meme. Um, okay. okay, literally, if you type it up, <laughs> you're going to know exactly what it is. I think it's right. This. Okay. I've never seen that in my life. Oh, it's like what you say. You're like, on period, girl. <laughs> yeah, spicy Cheeto girl meme. Okay, well, the whole point of this is that these are male gay friends. Mm -hmm. Would you say something like this? Would you say period? Never. Or that part? No. Yeah, no, me either. But I don't say really anything. Like, I don't say phrases and words that are, like, the hip lingo. Well, fucking Christ, clearly not. I just said <laughs> hip lingo. I don't know how to talk like the internet, though. I'm not very good. <laughs> hip lingo. Fuck. Uh, yeah, that's what the kids say. Yeah, the youth, <laughs> the youth of America is saying stuff like that. Meanwhile, um, I'm, I am not. I don't. I say that's fair, and I can't stop saying that. I say tight a lot, but I say that in a mean way. Like I'll be like, mm, tight mm. when I'm being mean. So you're being sarcastic. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> one of the only ones I do a lot. Uh, all I can think of is tight. Um, <laughs> oh, when I'm going to say something that's really fucking off the wall and angry, like if you did something stupid and I find it to be like, I want to disrespect you, I will start my sentence with that's hilarious. And I got that because Dylan O'Brien does that in interviews and I watched too many interviews and I started doing it. So like if Kylie said something stupid where she's like, I don't know how to change the filter of the Brita I'd be like that's hilarious let's go do it together just to be like show you how stupid you are I'd be like yeah that's hilarious I think and I might do that too like and I say it every fucking time I do it at work so much like someone will be like I can't find this I'll be like that's hilarious let me come look for you and like then I find it <laughs> in seconds I don't know where that one really like other than watching Stumped Dylan O'Brien came from but like oh <laughs> man it's a mean one mm. <laughs> Yeah. It's a mean one if you get it. Yeah. And you know that you're being And I never sarcastic. say it nice. I'm literally so cold about it every time. That's like, hilarious. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I just do it. <laughs> and find it in two seconds. Yep. Yeah. I think those are the only two things I do. I don't really do a lot of phrases and things like that. I'm not. I don't know what they mean, so I don't say them. Like, I didn't. I don't think I knew what the word like. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of a phrase. I didn't know what yeet meant for a long time. Oh, what is that one word? Riz. People say people have a, a, a riz. I don't know what a riz is. I don't know what that is. I've, I looked it up the other day. 
I guess it's it's like a good thing. It's kind of like drip when people used to say drip, like you got, you got drip, but it's like charisma, riz. You got riz. So it's charisma. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would just say, hey, you got charisma. I would not say, yo, look at your riz. Like, no, I don't say that. That's weird. I don't know what I'm saying. I sound stupid. I sound stupid. I think the only time I say charisma is when I'm talking about a video game. Sims. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically Sims. Or um, Fallout. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, when else would you say? Well, I say it sometimes when we're talking at work, because I'll be like, oh, someone else should lead the presentation because they have better charisma. Like, it's not like a super common thing, but, you know, every yeah. so often. Yeah, okay, whatever. Something, I don't know how to Something else that happened today at work was that we found out that accepting and accepting are two different words spelled differently and mean something in our actual words. So you have accepting, like... You're accepting an award. Yes. And, and then you have accepting, which... Which the the definition on Google shows you like accepting that chapter of the book. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't you just say accept that chapter of the book? Hmm. Like, it racks my brain uh, and I don't know. I don't feel like the second accepting is how I would ever, I would never use that word. I would never say it. I would say I didn't accept. think accepting was a word. Yeah. Hmm. No, Weird. me either. Yeah. Hmm. There was something like that that happened to me this week at work, but it was a word that is not like a common everyday word, which is what made it worse. It was like uh, something like it was an, a word for something and it was like a type of metal or something. And I kept saying it and everyone kept thinking I was saying something else. I'm like, no, I'm. Uh, oh, like no. it was the name of a metal, yes. but then also an, a normal word. Yeah. And I kept trying to say it and everyone kept being like, are you trying to talk about this? I'm like, no, I'm literally <laughs> not <laughs> I'm literally talking about metal. So, well, so English is still weird, guys. Still weird. Um, okay, well, do you want to learn about Joanne Dennehy? I feel like I don't because I like dogs. Oh, well, uh, no, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's good. <laughs> not bad. I mean, it's not good, but it's not bad. Right, okay. It's not bad. The dog lives. I was going to say, it's not bad, meaning the dog lives. <laughs> I wouldn't do to you what you did to me. <laughs> Oh, no, that was Corey. You, you're in on it. You're part Corey. Yeah, I like, I like John Wick. It's fine. All right. Okay. <laughs> so this case is one of the first podcasts that I remember listening to as a true crime podcast. And I remember being really irritated because the podcast I listened to, they had 80% of the facts wrong. Oh. I'm not going to call them out or anything. It was a okay. long time ago. This was probably 2016 or so. And I had listened to it and I was like, I feel like I vaguely remember some of this and that doesn't seem right. <laughs> so I started looking up and I was like, well, that's not right. Well, that's not right. Well, that's not right. And I just kept doing it. And then I was like committed to listening. So then I listened to like 20 of their episodes to see if they always are wrong. They they were. They just Wikipedia their stuff, I'm, mm. I think. And like, you know, sometimes that can work, but not always. And, you know, they did get better over time, I do think. Uh, but I wouldn't... Um, they didn't become someone I regularly listen to, but I would never call them out and I would never be mean like that. That's not like a thing I'm trying to do here. But I will say this is an episode that stuck with me because of that. Shots fired! Shots fired! Okay. Okay. All right. So <laughs> great background story. Yeah. Now that I just shit on someone. Um, this Literally. is called the Joanne Dennehy case, but also sometimes people call it the Peterborough Ditch Murders. 
So it's a 10 day crime spree killing that took place in Cambridgeshire, England back in March of 2013. So this is our I think like literally our second ever spree killing that we've ever done. I think the only other one we did was that Dayton one. And I did it so stressfully that I was like, I'll yeah. never do that again. <laughs> well, I, you kind of had to. Yeah. A little bit so I've, I've led away from spree killings because I just felt like I can't write a good outline for them. But I'm going to try to do it again. So here we go. Round two. Let's see. Let's do it. Um. The bodies of these victims were discovered to have been stabbed to death and dumped in ditches outside Peterborough, hence the name. And the dead bodies weren't the only victims. There were some survivors as well. And that's who helped get this crime spree ended. And all of this led back to a Cambridgeshire woman named Joanna Dennehy. And she was a monster disguised as a person. And she is a fucking wild human. So <laughs> let's talk about her. Now, Joanne Dennehy, who is she? Joanne Dennehy had a troubled life and a lot of people around her would like talk about this and talk about how much she struggled. Is it Joanne or Joanna? She's Joanna, but a lot of people call her Joe or Joanne. Okay. I interchanged Joanne and Joanna throughout the outline and I'll probably accidentally say Joanne because it seems easier to say for me, but her name's Joanna. Okay. But even in news articles, when you'll look it up, you'll find half of them are Joanna, Joe, or Joanne. I can't remember which one I said. <laughs> Um, Joanne was born August, 1982. Cannot find a date. I can't find an exact date. That's sad. Uh, she's just born in August of 1982. She was born in St. Albans of Hertfordshire and raised in Harpenden by her parents. I love over the pond words because none of them sound real. <laughs> There's too many letters. They're just all there to hanging out as a party. Hertfordshire. Harpenden. <laughs> like, that's like five letters too long. If this were the U.S., that word would be Hertford at the most, or it'd just be like hurt. And then Harpenden would be like harp. Yeah. Or like Harpen. Well, there that's is it. Hartford, Michigan. <laughs> well, so there see, you go. And I mean, there's the Shire. Right. In they're just trying Tolkien's to be, world. Right. <laughs> they're just trying to be Lord of the Rings. Got mm -hmm. it. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Now, her parents were a man named Kevin, who was a security guard, and a woman named Kathleen, who was a grocery worker, and they both had hopes their daughter would grow up and become a lawyer. My dad's name is Kevin. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. The man that I think's your dad or that other man that's in your life? <laughs> I don't know. Which one. The blonde one. That's my dad. <laughs> the real father, the one that came into my, my room that one time with a tool? Yes. That sounds sketchy. He was testing my walls, everyone. <laughs> When you bought your house. No, here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he came into my house, too. Yeah. That man. That man has a name? His name is Kevin. Kevin? <laughs> like the minion? His name was Kevin. Yes. Like the minion. Shut he loves the, the minion. Door. He has He has merch of Kevin. Oh, my God. He's so cute. The I minion. love your dad. Ugh, <laughs> cute. I love him. Oh, my God. Do you have a mom? Do I have a mom? Yeah. Yeah, I do. What's her name? Andra. Ew. <laughs> Andra? I love my mom's name. It's so unique. No. Yes. It's Andrew. <laughs> no. Andra. I think that's my mom's middle name. What? <laughs> Andra? I, I think so. No. Yeah. For real? I think so. <laughs> she didn't have a middle name. She got it added on when she was like 30. That's weird. 
She was bored. She wanted to. She was bored. <laughs> she wanted to do something different. Huh. Okay. Weird. Yeah. Also, I wasn't saying you to the name. I was saying you to, I thought it said, I thought you said Andrew. And I was like, Andrew for a girl? Hmm. Oh. And that's why no. I said it's Andrew. Because I was like clarifying that I didn't mishear you and it wasn't Andrew. Oh, no. Andra. Andra. Maybe my mom's Andrea. Androgen. Andre. And- Andra. I'm thinking of other words that are Ange, <laughs> but that's, a, it's not Ange with a G. It's Ange with, with a D. Andrew. Okay, so moving on. Kevin. <laughs> okay. So this wasn't the case of what's going to happen in her life. She is not going to go on and become a lawyer. Darn. Her friends and classmates all said she was a bully, even to her friends. Like, she was kind of just like an ass. She was really mean to the other students. And when people would, like, point it out, they were like, yeah, she doesn't care that she's mean. She doesn't care that she doesn't have a lot of friends. Like, she's just mean. So no remorse. Going 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 strong. Going strong. <laughs> Joanne's best friend from secondary school was a girl named Vicki Greenwood. And she described Joanna as having a dark side that started when she was about 14 years old. She said Joanna would manipulate people to do things like her homework, which is like, okay, that's kind of a bully move. But then if they didn't do it, she would like physically beat them up. Okay. She was an actual bully, like in like a TV show, practically. And then she would get really close to people and make them feel special. And then if they didn't listen to her and do everything she said, she would turn on them and like tell their secrets and be really vicious to them and stuff. So she was taking lessons from the Nexium guy. Right. Jesus. Joanna began running away at the age of 15 and she did it over eight times uh, or around eight times at least before she even turned 16. And then when she turned 16 over the pond, they say that you have the legal right to decide where you want to live. So that's when she technically is no longer listed as being a runaway, even if she leaves. Her sister Maria told the mirror, which is a local news article, there was cannabis and drugs involved. She became a bit of a rebel. The first time she ran away from home, my parents called the police. Do you see Pee Wee Herman died? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes well i said the word rebel i'm a loner rebel a loner dotty a rebel i'm 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 a rebel dotty alone what is the fr- okay well that's why it reminded me is because i got phrase. it yeah i got it yeah also the angus cloud died do i know that person from euphoria i don't know that person also that girl without hair died oh my god fuck she's a really <laughs> famous singer oh my god and now i can't think of her name okay either way I think someone else died, too. There was four in the end, all within like three days. But also oh, Angus Cloud. young. Who, Angus Cloud? Yeah. Yeah, it was a um, not planned not good, death. Yeah, not good mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's such a weird name, Angus Cloud. And now I'm even more sad. Right? He was such a good little actor. I, I still haven't him. seen Euphoria. I need to. I loved him. Him and Ashtray were my favorite characters. Who's, who's the girl with no hair? Wait, who are you talking about? Um, she's a singer that passed away recently. Oh, the 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 Swedish one. Yes, she died too. So, um, but yeah, Fezco and Ashtray were my favorite Euphoria characters, which both sound like fake names. Um. Now, going back. Sorry, I got off subject again. I told you guys I haven't talked to humans a lot today. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens. 
So Joanna's parents originally described her as a bookworm. And that's part of the reason why they wanted her to like have these big ambitions is because they thought she was really smart and stuff. And so they didn't think their daughter was going to turn out to be such a rebellious kid. But it didn't help because Joanna was not only rebellious, but she was sneaking out for a very specific reason. It was to meet up with boys. I did that. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> Shut up, really? Yeah, that's probably like the worst thing I did. Mm, I snuck out with my friend. I'm going to out myself here. What I did. Sorry, mom. My best friend and I, Autumn, would sneak out literally in high school. Like I was like past yeah. 16. Yeah, high school. We would sneak out and we would go to the park and swing on swings in the middle of the night <laughs> alone. Of course. <laughs> that is literally. Not we, for boys. We never once met with boys. We I think once we met with another friend of ours that was a girl and we ate like pizza that we got from like a gas station. But I don't think we ever met with a boy. That was weird. That would be. Yeah, weird. no, this one time uh, <clears throat> we were going to someone's house that was like kind of far away we had to walk like in town and it was after 11 which is the curfew and uh we got like pulled over <laughs> i'm quoting that because we're walking mm-hmm. um and then they the cops took us home but they didn't tell my parents oh you're lucky so they just like dropped us off and they're like go back into the house <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, Autumn would Autumn and I lived in the same well, we never lived in the same town, but we went to the same school for a while and we would stay at my house cuz my house was closer to the school and we would sneak out and we would go to the park and we would swing on swings. And then I moved a few towns away and then Autumn would come stay at my house again and there was another park that was close to my house so we would sneak out and go to that park and oh swing on swings. Oh my goodness. So you really like swings. I loved swings. They were so fun. There was a tire swing at the one. That was really cool. <laughs> Um, I never once snuck out to go to a party. I never once snuck out to do drugs or anything like that. And I never snuck out to meet boys. No, none of that. I never had a single. No, no, none of that. I did not have a kiss in high school or like that kind of stuff. Like I was an innocent little kid. I was a baby. Innocent little kid. And no, I'm this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm still a good kid, mostly. Um, but. She, she, Joanna, she was more like Kylie. They were the bad, bad girls. They're the ones that people write songs about, bad girls. Whatever. <laughs> um, Joanne had met a boy named John Trainer, who was six years older than her. She ran off with this guy. She said he was her boyfriend. She was 16. He was 21 years old at the time. The friends of Joanna described her as having a magnetic personality, and so it drew men to her often. But like, you'll notice she has a thing for like older men. In the documentary, John stated that he wasn't or that he was aware of the age gap. But since the age of consent was 16 and they didn't have a sexual relationship until she turned 16, that's fine. They met before she was 16 and were dating before then. Mm -hmm. But he physically says like, we didn't have sex though until she was 16. Okay. Do with that information what you will, but Uh there's a term for it. It begins with a G and ends with rooming. So do that information when you will. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in 1999, at the age of 17, Joanna and John found out that they were pregnant. It was an unplanned, surprising event. Although people say that Joanna was upset because she wasn't ready to be a mother yet. During the pregnancy, though, she quit smoking and doing drugs. But then the moment her daughter was born, Joanna started using drugs, drinking alcohol, and was super self-destructive with harming behaviors. Well, that's what happens with, you know, like hormones and things. Well, and if you're like a child, you can't yeah. process your emotions and you're now 
Um, There's a whole lot against her. What is it called when you have postpartum and stuff? And yeah. she's like trying to like self-medicate postpartum in a sense. Yeah. Um, I just fucked up. I pressed the wrong button and I went back. God damn it. <laughs> I'm trying to. Okay. So guys, bear with me tonight. I'm trying to do something different. So I have an iPad that I use to take my notes or that I use my notes on, but I wanted to use my Kindle Fire instead. So I'm trying to use that. Um, fuck Kindle Fires and fuck Amazon. These are the worst devices ever. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to find a way to make it work for me in my favor. Now, as this was all happening, going back to my my thing now, I'm, I'm done complaining until next time when I do I press another wrong button and then I'll complain again. You guys can hear about it all night. Now, they say that Joanna was a really strong alcoholic at, around this time, like after she had her baby and stuff, like to the point where she drank up to two liters of vodka per day and still just be walking around like she was sober. Nice. Two liters. That's a pop. <clears throat> That's so much. Yeah. That's also expensive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well. And she's only 17. Oh, maybe not. Uh, well, maybe she's getting cheap one. But no, no. She's still only 17 and she's raising a baby with this man who's only 21. I doubt they have like great paying careers and stuff. Nah, that's still expensive in a way. Two liters per day, like a soda style per day of vodka. I feel like the cheapest you could get that is $10 a day. That's 70 bucks a week. That's fucking bad. That That's bad budgeting. She began cheating on John while using marijuana, cocaine, and other drugs, they said. And once this wasn't enough to, like, get her through the day, she decided she needed to start self-medicating with pills. As this was all adding up, John said that he wasn't able to stay with Joanna because it was just too much for him. So this became a new pattern where they would break up and make up a lot. Of course. But after the first one, Joanna had actually became violent, he had said, but they still kept breaking up and making up. So if that all wasn't bad enough, the couple then became pregnant again in 2005 with a second child. And after the second child, Joanna got even more violent. I mean, there's, there's ways to prevent, to prevent that. Become celibate. Anal. (laughs) (laughs) Condoms. (laughs) Tie your tubes. Tie your just many things. What is the it called method. when a men do it? What do they, they don't have to. Vasectomy. Vasectomy. Get a vasectomy. Yep. Yep. Um, around 2004, when uh, the Cheyenne, I want to say is how you pronounce it, which is one of the kids, mm-hmm. was five years old. Joanne went out drinking and she just sent a man over to their home in the middle of the night to beat up John. Oh, oh okay. While the kid was home. Cool. Joanne would go on drinking vendors and leave for several days to months at a time, usually returning home with bruises, scratches, cuts, black eyes, and or hickeys. Lovely. Cheyenne said her mother went from being a doting mom to a man-hating psychopath. See, if she would have just stopped there, everything would have been fine and she could have gotten help. I'm not saying that was good, a good stopping point. I meant that she hadn't done, that was reversible. I feel like where she's at right now, she's still just like fucked up because of all the circumstances, but she can get fixed. John took the kids and left Joanna because he was nervous of how aggressive and violent she was getting with him, that he was afraid it would like roll over to the kids at some point and spill spill out that way. Mm-hmm. So in 2008, when Cheyenne, her daughter, was nine years old, Joanne stabbed a six inch knife into their carpet saying, I could just kill someone. Well, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so John took the kids and he left for Derbyshire. 
<laughs> Again. <laughs> a fake sounding word. I made friends with someone that lives in the UK recently. And we were um, talking, <laughs> like we were DMing and stuff and we were messaging. And she said, oh, is it true in America? Like, this is a thing. And she was like asking me questions. And I was like, do y'all eat beans on your toast in the morning? And she's like, <laughs> first off, don't ever disrespect a full English breakfast. And she got so <laughs> defensive. She was so defensive over this English breakfast, bro. I want to try it. I, I don't know. It's got to be good, right? Well, they think it is. Yeah. But every American I know that's tried it has hated it. But the same can be said for Vegemite. Yeah, I haven't tried that either. Everyone says that. that that is American that like tries Vegemite. They hate it. But my best friend Kristen tried it and she loves it. She says it's like her favorite snack. So. Well, because it's like savory. Yeah. I feel like you got to eat it right. But it, aren't Australians the ones that put ketchup on their PB&Js or something like that also? What? So I've never heard that. It's something like that. Or maybe it's ketchup on uh, mac and cheese. No, I don't know. I thought it was a type of sandwich they put ketchup on. And I was like, excuse me. I don't know. Last night, my partner decided to mix ketchup and mustard to dip their fries in. Uh-huh. I don't know how I felt about that. I like that. It felt like I was eating a corn dog. Yeah, I do that with corn dogs. Yeah, so ketchup and mustard thing. Yeah. Mm. Okay, food. <laughs> I'm so off topic tonight. I'm also very hungry. So talking about food. Yeah, I'm, I am hungry too. I had Walmart's selling pizza to showcase the new TMNT movie, mm. and so they're like fun flavors, and one of them is a mac and cheese pizza. And I got it. Kind of tastes like plastic. It was so good. It was so like cheap tasting. You know what I mean? Like, like Little Caesars. Yeah. Like it was so bad that it was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really was about it. And I doused it in ranch. Oh, it was so good. And then I had some the next day for breakfast. And I was like, no, it's still good. Still real good. Still shit. Plastic still grease. Delicious. I love it. <laughs> That's America for you. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Lay into the frame. Plastic and cheese pizza. <laughs> yeah, brother. <laughs> um, after John had left, Joanna moved to the city of Peterborough, where a man named John Chapman, Catman, sorry, which is a different one, different guy now, uh-huh. different John, 56 years old, became her housemate. She was living in a property that was owned by Kevin Lee, who was 48 years old, who was her secret lover. And around this time, she also met a man named Gary Stretch Richards, who was 47 years old, who was in love with her despite everything. All these men will become important throughout the story, but I wanted to give you some context of their, like, ages and stuff, because Joanne is only, like, in her 20s. Yeah, like, early 20s, right? I think she's 27 or something at this point. No, 20... In 2012, she was 29, so in 2018, she was 25. So she's, like, 25 at this point. Um... And I just wanted you to see all these overlapping men and stuff. Also, the reason Gary Stretch Richards is called that is because he's like super fucking insanely tall. Well, I'll, I think I put it in here, but like, I think he's like seven foot or something. Oh, like geez. he's he's like tall, tall, tall. Now, she allegedly had funded her addictions during this time with sex work also. So keeping in mind, she has like 75 boyfriends. She's also sex working. <laughs> no shame to the sex working, shame to the boyfriends. Just yes, so we're all on the same right. page. Yes. In February of 2012, Joanne was 29 years old and she was arrested for theft. She was admitted to a hospital for psychiatric treatment where she is diagnosed with borderline personality disorder 
antisocial disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder. All of those together are not a good time. That trifecta of crap. Yeah. Joanne had an overall goal to have her male accomplices and herself murder nine men in total when she starts planning this event. And uh, she wanted to be literally like a Bonnie and Clyde situation. So she's like, I need a man to be the Clyde to my Bonnie. Hmm. Right. So it's like she's going into this kind of a red flag. Yeah. I mean, if if you come up to me, you're like, hey, will you be my Bonnie to my Clyde? Clyde to my Bonnie. But yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Because <laughs> I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. Clyde's still the man. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> she's a, Joanne's a woman, too. But I'm gonna let you have that I'm one. Not- I meant because I'm a because I'm a girl, a guy would be coming up to me. Okay. Uh-huh. 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 That's uh-huh. what she says. She's but, she's covering up her story now. But still, I would be like, uh they murdered people. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't think of the phrase Bonnie and Clyde without thinking of Taylor Swift's getaway car song. Uh-huh. Which then makes me think of a getaway car, which then makes me think of two things, which is the getaway car fan fiction. But also, uh <laughs> Tom Hiddleston, because that's who that song's about. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of Tom Hiddleston being like a getaway car driver and stuff. And I'm like, no, <laughs> nah, him driving with Taylor Swift as a passenger getaway caring. No, no, no. So as this all was like Joanne's thought process, she ends up becoming a serial killer. Right. And she ends up stabbing three men name. And this this whole thing is a lot of back and forth. That's why I'm giving you all the context early on so that it'll make sense when we start back and forthing she stabs oh my god i hate lucas lucas slabosuski 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 yeah slabosuski well wait this is i think this man is polish and they're kind of more like rough yeah so lucas slabosuski yeah more i think yeah yeah Kevin Lee. Okay. <laughs> and John Chapman. Chapman or Catman? Catman. J- fuck. <sighs> <laughs> I okay. thought maybe there's another John. <laughs> no. No. John and, Chapman. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it's Chapman. Which one did I type wrong? Oh, no. I typed one of them wrong and then the other one I typed right. And now, oh, no. We're mess. We're messy here, guys. It's either Catman or Chapman. Ugh. We got to solve this. We are respectful of the dead. And I am so sorry that I fucked this one up, guys. So her victims were. Okay. Well, what? What is this? Uh, mm, Chapman. Chapman. Chapman was the last name. Yep. Chapman was wrong. Chapman is right. Sorry, everyone. The more you know. This happened over a 10 day time period, like I said, and it was in March of 2013. So let's talk about the 10 day spree and who all these men are and where they came into the picture. First, Joanne had met a Polish man named again, Lukas Sabazuski, who she had started a flirtation with days before she murdered him. Lukas had told his friends that he had met an English girlfriend and after being coaxed by text messages from Joanna with the suggestions of sex, he went to meet up with her. She told him to meet her at a property in Orton Golday, Peterborough of March 2013. Now, the last CCTV footage of him showed him withdrawing cash from an ATM before headed to the place where she had called it like her house, like Joanne's house, this address. 
Once he got there, Joanne stabbed Lucas in the heart with a pocket knife before storing his body in a wheelie bin, which is like that the overseas word can. for like a trash can, it seems like. Huh. Type item where it remained for days until she could find a way to dispose of it. <sighs> okay. That reminds me of Jennifer's body, that whole setup right there. I haven't seen that. Okay. It's yeah. not even scary, bro. Don't lie to me. It's liter it's not. It's it's campy. Okay. Yeah. It's like a cult classic style. It's it's not scary. Okay. Joanna had supposedly showed off his body to someone and even took pictures of it so that she could brag about it and show others. So keep in mind how great of a person she is here. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought of how in Animal Crossing you can show off what you catch. <laughs> like this That's is so who fun. she is. <laughs> she is in a really fucked up way. Yeah. Joanna didn't waste time on moving on to her next victim because she ended up murdering the next person on March 29th. And this was only 10 days after the initial kill. So she killed the first guy and then she waits 10 days because she couldn't figure out a way to dispose his body. And then she goes to the next kill. And that was John Chapman, who was her housemate. He was a veteran who was well liked by all of his neighbors. He had served in the Royal Navy and everyone kind of knew him as like, that old neighbor guy who drank a little too much probably had some PTSD, but he was he was overall a nice guy. Oh, John lived with Joanne and uh, he was said to be high at the time and have alcohol in his system at the time of his death. Joanna had once again attacked the person stabbing him. This time she stabbed him six times in the neck, severing the cor- corroded artery. Carotid. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. She had also stabbed him in the chest, hitting him twice in the heart. Those aren't. Those aren't fun stab wounds. No, and that's a lot of force. Yeah. John had previously referred to Joanna as the mad woman when speaking to the other tenants in the complex and had said that she told him that she would get him out by any means. Oh. Later, when police searched the home, they found a blood-soaked mattress in the garden, and they speculated that John was probably asleep when he was attacked due to all the blood alcohol and like the him being high and everything, but his blood alcohol limit was almost quadruple the normal amount. So, I mean, that's not kind of a silver lining to the shit storm. Yeah. Like if he was actually sleeping. Yeah. Now, Joanne Dennehy, so far, you've not ne- guys have noticed she's kind of a little shithead, right? Yeah. She but- does have like one nice trait about her. She likes Britney Spears. Okay. <laughs> and Britney Spears is amazing. So like I get well, yes, it. But but Joanna sucks. So she's awful, right? But she ends up calling her calling up her accomplice, which is that Gary Richards, aka Stretch. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I did put it in here. He's called Stretch because he's seven foot three. Dang. He's he also, a foot taller than Corey. Yeah. That's insane. He also has a really long list of crimes in his files, including like burglaries and stuff. And so he, like, got that nickname, I think, in jail or something. I'm not, like, stereotyping, but that's usually the case when you are called another name. Like, Stretch. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. That's not why I'm called Buff Daddy, though. I got that (laughs) at the gym, not in jail. Just we're on the same page. Gym, not in jail. (laughs) Yeah. Not a gym jail, either. A jail gym. No. Real gym. With weights and people in it that aren't felons probably or <laughs> probably maybe, <are. laughs> maybe maybe not so joanna why does britney Spears come into the picture it's because joanna calls up stretch and is like oops i did it again mm-hmm. this bitch <laughs> this bitch 
fuck her. And it, when you see her, you'll she you'll hate her just as much just by looking at her. She's so cringe. The fucking tattoo, the fucking Bowie knife on the the chair. I hate this bitch. <laughs> Joanna enlisted the help of Gary and another friend named Leslie Layton to bury the bodies in ditches around Peterborough. Later, the forensic and uh, forensic analysis will provide a picture of John's body on Leslie Layton's phone. So she also sent photos at some point or they had taken photos. So like you can place the people within these crimes. But that same day, she ends up picking out her third victim after she gets help from the two men like disposing. And the third victim was Kevin Lee. So Kevin Lee's family reported him missing on March 29th, 2013. Same day. Detective Martin Brunning of Cambridgeshire Police was the lead investigator who found Kevin Lee's car in the countryside of Cambridgeshire, England. After it was set on fire. Oh, because that normally doesn't happen, you know. Not naturally. Nope. Kevin Lee was a 48-year-old husband and a father of two who lived in Peterborough, and he was a manager of properties for a living. And remember, he's the one that Joanna was living in his property. Mm -hmm. Now, Kevin had talked to a friend the same afternoon that he had gone missing, and he told his friends that he had plans to meet up with Joanne. Nope. Sucks to suck. Yeah. After this crime, though, Joanne was not done. So she ends up doing something to Kevin Lee, where he ends up dead, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then she fled by car to the town of Hereford with her two accomplices. On the drive, according to the BBC, Joanna turned a stretch and said, I want my fun. I need, I need to get my fun. I need you to get me my fun. Oh. I, reading is so hard today. Twice she had them pull over for her to continue attacking men. So the first time she has them pull the car over and she stabs a man named Robin Bariza. And then the next time a man named John Rogers, these attacks happen within 20 minutes of each other. So like I said, there was a lot of stab wound victims and people she killed and stuff. And it all happened within 10 days. The first victim was like a day. And then 10 days later, like nine days later on the 10th day, all these victims happen in one day, essentially. Nice. (laughs) So Robin Bariza was a retired fireman, and that was the first of the two victims. He was attacked from behind when they had stopped the car, and she jumped out. She stabbed him over 30 times in the shoulder and chest. Joanna then fled the scene after Bariza started trying to fight back, and then he walked half a mile back to his house to call the authorities. Holy crap. He even passed a surgeon's office on the way back to his house while trying to make the journey But he didn't want to stop because he wanted to make sure he got home to see his wife first and call for help just in case if he didn't live to make it so that he could, like, tell the authorities who stabbed him and to see his wife one last time. I mean, that's so cute. That's adorable. It's that or nothing. That's the only type of love Like, he knew. He knew exactly what she looked like. Yeah. And so he knew that And she has an identifiable tattoo on her face. So So he's like, I got this. That, yeah, I got this. (laughs) But 30 times being stabbed and then that, geez. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. She should have stabbed him in the legs. She clearly wasn't doing right. Nope. John Rogers was the second person. He was a musician. Again, they just stopped the car and Joanna jumped out. He was also attacked from behind. He was stabbed over 40 times. But this time a passerby saw it and came and helped him and called for help. Oh. Now, Robin Bariza and John Rogers were both chosen at random and stabbed while they were both walking their dogs. And after the attack, Joanna ended up stealing the second person's dog, John Rogers. She hopped back into the vehicle and said, 
hey, I got a new dog. Gross. To the men in the car. I hate it. So she stole a dog named Archie, who was found in her possession when she was later arrested. And she didn't ask the police about what happened to her two, like, accomplices, like Stretch and Leslie Layton. But she did ask about Archie multiple times. And about, like, what happens to Archie. <laughs> they were like, um, he's going to go back to the... To the, to the owner, owner. <laughs> right. That you stabbed, that lived, by the way. <laughs> Remember, you know, because that man things belong to other people just because you steal them. She believes mean... in finders keepers. Yeah. No, it's not how that works. Both the men that she had stabbed, Robin and John, were airlifted to the hospital and immediately put in intensive care. The morning after Kevin was reported missing, so March 30th, 2013, a man walking his dog. There are so many dogs in the UK. I mean, people walk dogs. I, I don't ever see people walking dogs. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you must live in a crap neighborhood. I also don't look out the window, I okay. guess. So that doesn't count. No. Um, a man was walking his dog and he saw the body of Kevin Lee face down and nude from the waist down. He was stabbed to death in the chest and neck and left with a black sequin dress covering his top portion only. That, that's weird. She wanted to emasculate him. Okay. Joanna had stabbed Kevin five times in the chest, penetrating his lungs and his heart. But there were also a bunch of defensive wounds on Kevin. Dr. Jeremy Coyd, an expert on the minds of psychopaths, said. His body was placed in that way to degrade him and get excitement and pleasure from the humiliation of him even after he was dead. Yeah, that, that's fucked up. That seems exactly like what she would do, though. She's yeah. very... um fucked up angry just angry <laughs> yeah as soon as detective bruning had bruning bruning had observed yeah. the manner in which kevin was disposed of he also knew the crimes were personal and not consistent with of a stranger killing so when he started digging into who kevin was associated it quickly led into the manages up uh, the properties he managed mm-hmm. now two days after joanne had murdered kevin lee police identified her as a person of interest no kidding. Because all these <laughs> seem to kind of like coincide. She didn't really like stray very far from people that she interacts with on a daily she basis. She is the common denominator. Like the two random ones. Okay. But they both lo- lived to identify her. But all the other ones like literally have firsthand ties. Right. To Joanne. Like. Yeah. Cell phone data came back, which placed one of Kevin's tenants in the vicinity of the burned out vehicle. And that was 30 year old Joanne Dennehy, which again was like, okay, like that's the same person we keep kind of having this name pop up of. But this time they also found data of a man named Gary Richards in the area. And they knew that Gary was like a person who had had a rap sheet in the past, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that at that point, Gary had a murder charge anywhere. It seemed like his were more like burglaries, breaking and entering, things like that. Mm -hmm. But when police attempted to question um, Joanne, she had went on the run with Stretch. So they were like, "Okay, well, that's kind of obvious you did it. Like, right. What do you mean? How not to say you like I'm guilty? I didn't do anything. I what are you talking about? After the murders, Stretch and Joanna visited their friend Georgina Page where they bragged about what they had done and how the bodies would never be found. Meanwhile, one of them had already been found. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, how do you think? Yeah, okay. Um, 
Joanna had told Georgina that she had lubricated Kevin's bottom mm. and pushed objects into his rectum to make it look like the murder was part of sexual acts. Joanna was also extremely excited when she saw that she was a person of interest on the news and that police were looking for her. Georgina said she was too scared of Joanna to contact the authorities about it, though, because she was afraid, like, okay, well, she's going to kill me next. Right. Like, obviously, if the police already know that information, then she told them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Georgina Page later testified saying Joanna danced like a schoolgirl after seeing a teletext article on the crimes and was excited about her crimes being in the news. Sounds familiar. She is so gross. Police launched a nationwide manhunt and used CCTV footage to track her down. The authorities saw that they had stopped for cigarettes like her and stretching them and snacks at a gas station while on the run. So that's how they knew that they could catch them was they were going to like follow the pattern of where they were headed. Mm -hmm. At that point, Stretch tried to run, but Joanne was arrested and he ends up getting captured later on. So minutes after Joanne was arrested, she laughed and said, murder and attempted murder is nothing. It's like going down for a Sunday roast. Easy. That's why I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. What does that even mean? It's not. It, you, you go away for a while. Yeah, that's a lot of crime. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. When police booked and arrested Joanna, she was laughing, joking, and even flirting with the male officers. Joanne was told that she was being booked for suspicion of murder and attempted murder, to which her reaction was to smile and ask again about how Archie, her new dog, is doing. Wow. She's so fucked. The day after Joanna was booked, Detective Bruning received a call about two more bodies that were found in a ditch 10 miles from where Kevin Lee's body had been discovered. Because at this point, they only thought that she had potentially killed Kevin Lee and that she did for sure stab those two men and steal the dog. They They haven't found anything else. Yeah, they didn't even know about Lucas and John. The other one. The other John. So they find these two bodies, which ends up being obviously Lucas and John's. And they were like, well, obviously if she did this, there has to be like a motive, right? So (laughs) they ask her about it first off and that doesn't get them very far, but... During Joanne's relationship with Kevin, he would use her as intimidation by threatening and assaulting tenants into paying rent or to moving out because he's like, she's scary. So like, she's going to be like my bodyguard, essentially. Oh, interesting. Okay. And Carla White was this woman who lived in one of these houses. Okay. And she was a neighbor and she ends up being a victim of Joanne's like aggression And when Carla first introduced herself to Joanna, Joanna immediately put her hands on Carla's throat in an attempt to choke her and only let go of her when Carla grabbed a hammer out of her bag to defend herself. Carla mentioned that she warned Kevin about Joanna and the stories about how violent she was, but that goes unchecked. So like, here's the thing. Like, they're like, does she have a motive? And all these people are like, uh, she's fucking aggressive. That's the motive. She's psycho. Right. Like, that's what they're trying to paint the picture of. Like, she literally doesn't have motive. She just wants She's crazy. to do it. Right. Um, also, who carries a hammer in their bag? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you? Because I don't. <laughs> okay. There's a story about a true crime case. Uh-huh. And there's two of them. I heard them both around the same time. But they happened, I think, a few years apart. 
The first one was like a woman was sleeping in a bed and she put a hammer under her pillow and she um, got mad at her husband, boyfriend, whatever, for whatever reason. And then she just beat the shit out of him with the hammer in the middle of the night. Hammer time. Okay. So that happened. That was a real true crime case. Mm -hmm. Then a few years later, this woman's mad at her husband and she heard about that story and she attempts to do the same thing. But apparently the first woman's husband was an idiot and didn't never clean or something, whatever her beef with was him with him was. But the second husband in this story did clean the house and he went to do the laundry and he found the hammer under her pillow. And he's like, were you going to kill me? Oh, my God. And she's like, no, I was I was fixing a shelf in the house. OK. And she's like, no, no, no. I just I didn't even realize that was under there. What? <laughs> what? So, yeah. so things don't randomly get under pillows no. normally. So like, there's also been stories of people like that sleep with like crowbars under their pillows and stuff. I'm like, how? I would feel it. Like I, yeah, I could, I, well, I sleep like that. I sleep with my hand under my pillow. I just, I just don't understand it. I don't understand people. But also, good for you, Carla, for having yeah. a hammer in your Go bag. Carla, everyone start carrying hammers in their bag. I don't know, Carla. don't know why you had it in your bag, but. I'm I'm glad you had the I'm urge glad. to put it in your bag that day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kevin's sister-in-law was another person she's that like spoke out. She stated Kevin was most likely manipulated into the relationship with Joanna. And Kevin's son said his father probably became a victim because of his nature of always seeing the best in people. It's it's always it's always always people. that. Yeah. So like you have people speaking out being like, yeah, like they're an always good person. They're willing to help someone. And then they have other people being like, this bitch is psycho. Okay, well, obviously she murdered him. Then, like, you're seeing the puzzle pieces being stacked together right in front of your eyes. Right. In Joanne's police interview, she was completely silent and only kept replying with no comment to any questions they were asking her by authorities. She was immediately deemed to be a psychiatric risk, so she was taken to a mental health unit for evaluation. No kidding. <laughs> no like, motive. Well, multiple multiple murders and can't they just look back at her old charges or like her old um medical history? medical records yeah. and be like oh okay yeah i mean i would assume that they would like Which, subpoena those that makes me wonder was she supposed to be on medication and was she on medication and was she oh, taking prob- her medication probably not oh she probably was supposed to be on medication and was probably not taking it yeah because remember you said that they were uh, that she was self-medicating. self-medicating yeah. yeah. But she could have been self-medicating and doing her pills. Like, you Which know. Which would probably not help. Not work. Like, the alcohol is probably making them void. It's nulling them. They cancel out. Yeah. Joanna ended up being diagnosed by a prison psychiatrist as having paraphilia sadomasochism, which is the need to inflict and receive pain and humiliation during sex. Hmm. Or, like, to get a sexual response. Now, if you think like, okay, wow, that's already like a lot. This has been a lot. She steals people's dogs. She's crazy. She's like, clearly just, this is like just a normal murder, crazy bitch case, right? Mm -hmm. No, (laughs) no, it's going to get wilder. No, why can't it be normal? (laughs) So while waiting for the trial, the police found Joanna's diary. Oh. And there was an escape plot written in it. Oh, the diary that she like kept in jail. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was in there was a whole escape plot that involved cutting off a guard's finger to use his fingerprint to fool the security system. OK, um, and then escape. Just, you know, walk free. 
That's usually not how that works. So because of that, she gets placed in solitary confinement. Yep. For two years. Ooh, that's a long a time. A long time now. That sucks. Because <laughs> she was being placed there until her court proceedings were done. So it ended up being two years. Dang. That sucks. At the trial, the court heard Kevin Lee had told his wife about his affair with Joanna and described her as a mix between Uma Thurman's character in Kill Bill. I've never seen that. Sarah Connor in The Terminator. And Alanis Morissette. Interesting. That's a lot of people. I need to see all of those movies. I don't. Okay, here's the thing. Kylie, Mm -hmm. I don't think you would like Kill Bill as much as you think you would want to, you would want to love it so much, so much from yeah. a cinematic point of view. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like a horror film style in the way it's set up and it is extremely gory. Oh, I don't mind gore. Um, I actually, it's pretty actiony. I think you would like it. I think you'd hate the beginning because every woman hates the beginning because of what happens. But I think you would really like it. Maybe I'll watch it this weekend. It's, it's a good Jimmy's one. favorite. It's Jimmy's favorite movie. It's uh, there's part one and a part two. Um, yeah, I know. And uh, it's what's that weird, crazy man, Quentin Tarantino? Yeah, yeah. It's one of them. What's your fa- let's do that real quick. Have you ever done that? What's your favorite Quentin Tarantino film? I mean, I guess you haven't seen them all, but give me a second. I know most people are all gonna say the same thing. They're all gonna say Pulp Fiction. I haven't seen it. Um. I know a lot of people love Django Unchained also. Well, Mm, if I had to pick for me, it would be probably a tie between Inglorious Bastards and The Hateful Eight. Uh, The only one that I have seen is Reservoir Dogs. Oh, that's such a good fucking movie. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, I have seen Inglorious Bastards. I do like Inglorious Bastards, too. I guess... Corey, this is our this is our moment where we need you yeah. to school Kylie on Quentin Tarantino's, I guess. We need we need a Quentin Tarantino uh what's the word I want? Movie thon? Movie thon. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that's a good one. Django Unchained's really good. It's really long. I mean, all of his movies are kind of long, I think. Well, I've also never seen any of the Terminator movies, and Corey has been like, are you serious? (laughs) I And wants to watch all of them, but I really, really don't like Arnold. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I feel like I won't like it. Also, as cheesy, lame as it is, I like Grindhouse by Quentin Tarantino also. And I went to the Grindhouse restaurant and stuff. That's pretty cool. They have vegan burgers at Grindhouse, so that's why. (laughs) And I was sitting in there. Oh, my gosh. Did I ever tell you my Grindhouse story? Do you guys want to hear a random story? You can't say no because you can't. You can't say no. (laughs) So I'm sitting there in Grindhouse, right? And I'm eating with my best friend, Katie. We had just left the airport. She she picked me up from the airport. We're sitting in Grindhouse. And I'm like, so what do you want to do while I'm in town for the few weeks? Because, like, I was visiting where, where she's from and stuff. And we're just chilling, you know, we're eating. And then I see this man walk in and he's covered in tattoos. He's wearing a white shirt and he's wearing a black beanie and he's wearing skinny jeans. And he's with two other guys and they're all kind of broing out, hanging out. And they're all like not flirting, um, like joshing around. Oh, my God, I'm so old joshing around. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, um, so then they all like take it. They're getting ready to take a seat, but they're kind of still sitting there um, standing like up at the front. And the server that's our server sees me just staring at this man like hardcore staring like I'm craning my neck. 
Um, I'm, I'm as the term is, I am rubbernecking the fuck right there. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm staring at him and the lady comes up to me and she's like, um, do you need anything else? Cause she probably thinks I'm being a creep. And I was like, is that man over there wearing a Supreme t-shirt? And she's like, is it your ex-boyfriend? <laughs> and like, kind of like giggles, like thinking like I'm stalking my ex or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, no. Um, it, uh, did, like, I know we have to give a name up front. Did he give a name? And she's like, no, he didn't. He, uh, actually none of them did. And I was like, okay. Uh, where's the bathrooms? And she's like, oh, just pass them over. And I was like, okay, cool. And I start walking past and I purposely go to scratch my face as I'm walking by this man so that he can see my arm. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh shit, can I see your tattoo? And I turn and look at him and I was like, ah, you're exactly who I thought you were. You're Bo Boken from Bless the Fall, aren't you? He recognized my lights tattoo because he's lights his husband. Oh my. But I don't know that much about Bless the Fall, but I have lights tattoos on my wrists and it's the same ones lights has on her wrist. So he saw him and he's like, could I take a picture and show my wife? She's going to think it's so gnarly that I ran into a random person out here. And he takes a picture and he sends it and she goes, I know her. <laughs> and he's like, wait, um, <laughs> wait, what? And then she sends him a picture of me and her from her own Instagram. And she's like, I I know that girl. The plot. Thickens. Like, she's like, I, I know that person. And he's like, oh, cool. Do you want to take a picture together? And I was like, uh, sure. And then from there, it gets cooler. Uh, six months later, I get an email from Lights uh, from her manager, Ashley Povatine, who has the same birthday as me, by the way. And Ashley says, hey, Lights had to dig for your information, but we finally found it. Bo is wanting to know if he can email you. And I was like, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I give him my email address. He has a clothing line and he wanted to send me free clothes to take pictures in and be like one of the people to model his new clothing line. Cause that day he met me, he said, I looked really cool. Wow. Yeah. That's all. That was legitness. Yeah, it was. Huh? That's, that's it. And so I had a bunch of random clothes from his clothing line. No for big a while. deal. It was like limited edition and I didn't pay for any of it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, and one of them is this like fucking neon yellow hoodie that people have talked about for years. Cause they're like, I fucking hate your neon yellow hoodie. And I'm like, thank you. I've gotten that for like eight years. Now. <laughs> You'll never get rid of it. I will never get rid of it. It was limited edition. There's only like 175 of them or something like that. So yeah, that's my crazy story. The more you know, go to Grindhouse, meet famous celebrities on accident. On accident. Okay. Back to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love getting super off subjects for no reason. This all started because of Kill Bill. <laughs> yep. Also, I do like Alanis Morissette. That's a woman that sings ironic. You know, isn't that ironic? Don't you think? It's like rain. Okay, yep. I got it. That's the first song I ever learned on piano. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Detective Burning, fully anticipated. You know, I said after like the first or second episode of Cryptic Soup that we ever recorded, I sang at the outro and I said I was going to sing in every episode at one point. Did you really? Yeah, I said something. I was like, I'm going to sing something in every episode. And I don't, but I do sing a lot. People have mentioned and it's never good. They always <laughs> they always make sure to remind me. It's fine. I love it. So Detective Bruning had fully anticipated that Joanne would enter a not guilty plea. However, when the judge asked, 
how do you plead? Joanna like started shouting guilty, 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 guilty. Like just nonstop, just over and over shouting out loud because she's insane. Yeah. And her legal counsel was just like, oh, she told us she was going to plead not guilty. So this is a change that we did not know. (laughs) And they're like just sitting there in shock (laughs) after pleading guilty to everything. Joanna was sentenced to life in prison and the trial judge ordered that she is to never be released. He said this was because of the premeditation and the lack of normal range of human emotions that she does not like possess. Clearly. (laughs) Yeah. Judge Justice Spencer told the old Bailey, another news report system, that within the space of 10 days, you murdered three men in cold blood. Although you pleaded guilty, you've made it quite clear you have no remorse. You are cruel, calculating, selfish, and a manipulative killer. Serial killer. Serial killer. Manipulative serial killer. That's how crazy you are. That's how crazy you are. She probably didn't even understand. No, she probably was like, okay, what about the dog? (laughs) Right. Right. Where is Archie? Can he visit me? What day does Archie visit me in prison? I can't be in solitary confinement because I can't see my dog. (laughs) Shiro's upset. Yeah, Shiro's (laughs) like, wait, dog? Me? I'm a good boy. Hi, Shiro. Hi, Shiro. Ooh, Shiro's very upset today. Sir. Shiro and Cowboy have the same bark these days. Cowboy uses his big boy man bark. He's a big boy. He's also learned this new thing that I'm not fond of. He has learned that there's no difference between outdoor and indoor toys if you just bring the indoor toys out and the outdoor toys in. Yeah. No, that's that's literally how it works. Not how it works, though. Because he plays with a soccer ball outside because it's big and it tires him out and we can chuck it around the yard. But he's learned that his mouth is now big enough since he's a big boy that he Mm -hmm. can pick it up with his mouth and just come running full force into the house with it. So dirt. Uh, everywhere. Everywhere. And soccer balls all the time in my house. Love it. <laughs> hey, Dad. I love that for you. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> Joanna was ordered to spend the rest of her life in prison. And during her sentencing, she was laughing and smirking and like giggling about it. Mm-hmm. She is one of the only three women in the UK to be given a sentence of like a full life sentence, along with Rosemary West and Myra Henley. Wow. Do you know either of those cases? No. Okay. Do you think I know any of those I don't cases? Know. Well, Myra Henley has like a porn star career also, I think, if I remember correctly, or at least like a she sent nude photos, something. Something to have to do with some naked photos. Mm-hmm. And Rosemary West is a psycho bitch. There was a episode of uh, Criminal Minds that was like loosely based off her and her husband and Evan Peters is in it. So, Oh. Yeah. Um, Love that man. And they kidnap kids at the carnival and stuff. It was not that like I have like favorite episodes of Criminal Minds because it's kind of like a fucked up show, but I do have favorite episodes and that is one of my like favorite episodes because of the way they solve the crime and stuff like that. So I really like it, you know, mm-hmm. Um, but he uh, he's in that episode. It's called Mosley Lane, whatever the episode is. And he he's so sad and cute and like pathetic in it because he's one of the the kids that gets abducted and he stays there for like a long time also there's an episode where amber heard's in it just in case if you ever wondered Mm. Mm -hmm. love that yeah Mm -hmm. uh it's the amber heard episode is in either the first or second season and the uh evan peters episode is in season five towards the middle um, I really like Criminal Minds. It is potentially my favorite show. 
Now, moving on, how do people describe Joanna after this event? Well, Detective Bruning described her as the most violent woman in the prison system. Wow. According to her ex, John, like the one that she was with that had the kids with, uh, he said life in prison shouldn't be enough punishment for her. He believes she deserves the death penalty, stating that she is no longer the mother of their children. She just birthed them. Wow. Stretch ended up going to trial. Also, he was found guilty of two counts of attempted murder and three counts of preventing lawful burial. He was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 19 years and then the chance of parole. Leslie Layton was sentenced to 14 years for two counts of preventative lawful burial and preventing the course of justice by lying to the police. While on the run, the group stated, um, sorry, while on the run, the group stayed with the man um, named Robert Moore who knew about the crimes because when they like, like how that they bragged to people, they bragged to him and he knew mm-hmm. about it. So Robert actually ended up getting called in and was sentenced to three years for two counts of assisting offenders. Whoops. Yes. Yeah. Shouldn't have done that brother. Like, and I'm sure he thinks like he didn't do anything and he's probably like, I, I literally didn't even do anything. Right. Joanna said that she only targeted the men because she was a mother and she didn't want to kill other women, especially what if like a woman she killed had a child that would have been wrong of her. Oh, but killing that would have been wrong. Yeah. Killing men is fine because she said that's good entertainment. Interesting. (laughs) This woman's crazy. Literally crazy. Yeah, literally. Later, she told a psychiatrist she developed a desire for more killing after she had killed Lucas because she got a taste for it, she said. Mm, I don't want to know what that means for her. No. In January of 2017, the Crime and Investigation Channel aired a documentary about the case, and Joanna's mother spoke out about her. Kathleen said her daughter loved netball and hockey and was a sensitive child growing up. Well, hockey is super fucking aggressive. aggressive. <laughs> so, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, this is what her mother had to say about her. She was very sensitive. If she stood on a worm or something, she would she would be really upset if it died. She used to take them to bed with her. So she was a loving girl. She was polite to everybody. Teachers always said that she was a nice girl. I don't believe her. Okay, but all of the other her. students were also, like, worms, no, worms? she was a fucking bitch and worms. a bully. <laughs> you, you have remorse for worms? But not for <laughs> men walking their dogs because you want to take it. Right. Worms. Got it. In October 2017, The Sun reported on a Sunday edition that Joanna was bragging to fellow inmates about how she had killed four people rather than three. So we have no confirmation of if this is true or not, but if they found another body, it wasn't technically linked and tied to Joanna in the end. I think the sun on Sunday is the name. Oh. Not on a Sunday. I Hmm. think it's the sun on Sunday. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Since that event, life hasn't been easy for those that were in Joanna's life. So... Cheyenne, her daughter, had only found out about her mother's crimes because she was having a sleepover with a friend. And her dad, John, called her to tell her that her murder, her mother had murdered someone. Oh. And like she was still young. So, yeah, John didn't give a ton of details or even tell Cheyenne the extent of the crimes. He only told her she was banned from trying to look her mother up just to protect her. Of course. However, that's not how that works for kids. Because she was told she couldn't. She did. She ended up Googling her mom and finding out the truth. And she found out who her mother was and what she had done. Now, in April 2019, Joanna's daughter, who is now 19 years old, 
was interviewed and she said, yes, she does miss her mom, but she knows her mother is a bad person who deserves her prison time and remains there forever. Hmm. Cheyenne became Cheyenne. No, Cheyenne became depressed and she had to change schools when people began finding out who her mom was. When Cheyenne turned 18, she decided to write a letter to her mother to try to find out why she had gone on the murdering spree. She describes the letters as emotionless because she assumed her mother hated her and she didn't expect to receive a letter back. Instead, Cheyenne did receive a reply, actually. Of course. Um, so she... <sighs> Joanna replies and is like, you should come meet me. Like, of come course. visit me. Of course. So she does. On her first visit to see her mom, they both cried. And Cheyenne, oh my God. <laughs> Can't say Joanna, but won't say Cheyenne. <laughs> Cheyenne asked her mother why she did it. Joanna apologized, but never gave an explanation. Joanna still stayed relevant due to her love interest. So like, even though her murders were like no longer a big press topic she did a lot of other things and so she stays relevant sadly Hmm. she started a pen pal romance with a man who later told the son that he had intentions to marry joanna oh yeah before or after he she kills him oh well you know uh mm, he uh, right he said they talked frequently and traded photos of their dogs he had (laughs) which i'm wondering did she send him pictures of like archie I'd be like, this is my dog, but they took him from me. Yeah, I probably. think I feel like she would have. She's yeah. crazy enough. Yeah, I, I feel that. Too. He's he was kidnapped from me is like shit. She would say his dog was a staffy named Chunk. Oh, OK. But she did have a German shepherd that she named Hitler. I hate it. At one point in her I, life, I and hate she it. She would also send that to him. Nope. Mm-hmm. I hate it. In 2018, Joanna attempted to marry her cellmate. Also, Haley Palmer. Haley was in prison on a 16-year sentence for street robbery. They That's sh- a long time for that. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Now, this is a love story. Are you prepared? I don't know. Nicholas Sparks, grab your notebook and pen. Oh, my God. All right. The pair had an agreement that Joanna couldn't murder anyone else while they were together. Oh. That was the whole agreement. And then now, they I'll him. love you if you won't murder anybody else. <laughs> And you would think that that's enough to keep them together, but their love didn't last because Joanna fell in love with a different prisoner. Actually, like a a lot of different prisoners. She's we're not slut shaming here, but (laughs) she is a busy girl. Again, there was an article by The Sun. Joanna became infatuated with a former university lecturer named Alexandra Cruzier, who she met in the prison gym system. Alexandra had once lectured at Hadlow College, but she lost control when she went into Maidstone Hospital, believing she had broken her arm. She was told it was not fractured, and the 35-year-old mother then racially abused the doctor that was trying to heal her. She also bit a nurse and assaulted three police officers, spitting at two of them. So she ended up in the system also. Yikes. In 2018, the pound were... The pound. (sighs) The pair were found, pound, (laughs) with several injuries to their neck and wrist because they had formed a suicide pact together. Oh. So they became separated and Joanna attempted a second suicide, which she also failed at. The son claims Alexandria attempted to give Joanna a ring at some point. Alexandra. 
It's Andra with Alex. Have <laughs> <laughs> I said Alexandria the whole time? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I think I have. A couple times. But Alexandra. Yeah. Alexandra. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Of course there is. Police also found out that Joanna was ex- exchanging graphic love letters with a senior male prison officer. Of course. There it is. Yeah. In July 2018, it was reported by The Mirror and by The Sun that Joanna had also became the author of erotic fictions oh. about a woman who had sex with men before murdering them. She wants to turn it into a Hollywood film, she said. I'm sure she does. She said, this is like so hard. She's so cringe. It's hard not to make fun of her. Like this sounds so fake. She said, it's a story about a female Avenger who has sex with men, then stabs them to death because they cheated on their partners. Hmm. So she's a vigilante. Oh, she's on that vigilante (laughs) shit. As Taylor Swift would say. In 2019, Joanna was transferred to the HMP Bronzefield, which is a low new uh, from HMP Bronzefield to Low Newton Prison. And that's the same place where Rose West is imprisoned, who is the one of the only other three women to uh-huh. have that. So then Joanna started making threats at Rose West's life. So they had to move Rose West for her safety. Rose West is a psychopathic murderer, <laughs> mind you. Like a crazy bitch. Rose West is also a She's just insane. hanging out, trying to live her life in prison, and this bitch comes in and yeah, ruins everything. So Rose and her husband Fred were serial killers that murdered nine or more people. Okay, and she like she hates them because they're like Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, yeah. So. So she started bullying Rose and Rose had to be moved for her own safety. Like, wow, that that sounds so fake. Well, I mean, we've all seen Orange is the New Black. True. I mean, it happens, I guess. True. True. Did you cry at the end of that show? I cried. I haven't seen the end. I waited years to watch the end. Okay, so I do this thing sometimes where I'll watch all but like the last three episodes of something because I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for it to end. So I will wait. Mentally. And I will wait years to watch it. So I think I waited like four years to watch the ending. And then finally one day I just was like, okay, it's time. I watched it. Oh my God. I cried so much. I think I need to watch it again. I just don't remember. Uh, I did the same thing for uh, 13 reasons. Oh, I even read. So I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. But I waited because I also knew I'm trying not to spoil it with saying this, but my favorite character has the worst ending. I think of all of them. And so I knew that I wasn't going to be mentally ready. And so I waited and waited and waited. And then one day I decided to watch it. And I was like, I'm purposely going to kind of watch it in the background and not pay enough attention to it. Uh, I did that that while at work. (laughs) Okay. And I cried. Yeah. I cried so much. Mm -hmm. You did that to yourself. I did. You really did. I did that to myself. (laughs) I do that for so many shows. I wait because I don't think I can handle it. I did it for Lost. I did it for Supernatural. I actually, okay, you want to hear the truth? <laughs> I still to this day never seen the last episode of Supernatural. I refuse to. Really? It's not done. You've It's watched, not done. You've watched that so many times. I've watched that whole series at least 15 times. I named my pets after that series. I, nope. Haven't seen the last episode. 
It wow. didn't end. Okay. It's all because of The Office. I watched the live premiere of the last episode of The Office and it made me so depressed that I vowed I would never watch the end of shows again. I was like, nope. I mean, nope. That's a sad one. That is a sad one. All of them are sad. It's the end. It's the end of an era. Hmm. All right. I got to end this episode speaking of ending. So <laughs> what happened? Well, she she gets in another relationship. Of course. <laughs> so this one's with a woman named Emma Atkin. This is another rumor, but we believe it's to be true. Emma's 25. Joanna was 37 at the time. And they were both at Low Newton Prison together. Emma was jailed alongside her dad and her then boyfriend because they all killed a man whose body was found burned and battered outside of a social club. Hmm. She received a 12-year term of prison. Like, 12 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not a lot. I'm confused. How? Oh, she was jailed alongside her dad and then boyfriend? Yeah. So, no. At her then time boyfriend. So when she did this murder, she had a boyfriend. That's not the question I have. Her, her dad and her boyfriend. Oh, what? They're alongside? Yeah, like they're all in the same prison. They're, it's a men-women prison. I didn't know that. I got it. Yes, okay. sorry. I was trying to make that clear in the statement. I guess I didn't word it how people would like. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're in a intersexual, int- multi-sexual, uh, dual-sexual, dual sexual, dual what is the word I'm looking for? I think here? it starts with a C. So I think you're copacetic, codependent, copacetic, copacious, copious, Coraline. Cohen! Cohen! There you go. <laughs> oh my God. Co-ed. They're in a co ed prison. You got it. I did. You did it. I'm proud of you. Wow, I was really excited. Co-ed was so much of an easier word than what I was trying to think of. (laughs) Copacetic. So as of May 2021, Joanna and Palmer are back together, even after Palmer's been released from prison. And supposedly they still want to get married, but no one's heard anything since. And now it's 2023 and no one's talked about it. Huh. Yeah, that's that. So well, told you I'd have a more normal episode for you. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty normal. Yeah, okay. It wasn't not normal. Yeah. I used a lot of sources, guys. All yeah, right. Did. Okay, let's do this. The book, Love of Blood, the true story of notorious serial killer Joanne Dennehy by Christopher Barry D. I used the documentary Joanne Dennehy, the serial killer. The docuseries, The Murder and Me, Joanne Dennehy. It's episode one on Apple TV. The docuseries series killer behind the myth the joanne dennehy episode season three episode six i used a bunch of news articles so i'm just all of these that i'm about to list are news articles that i got my grubby little fingers on so just be prepared okay bbc news killer joanna dennehy victim kevin lee's son carding hoax bbc news joanne dennehy survivor ordeal changed us forever bbc news peterborough murders joanne dennehy ecstatic at news reports can you tell this is overseas yeah bbc news (laughs) Uh, the Guardian, woman admits to murdering three men found stabbed to death in ditches. Crime investigation, 14 unusual facts about Joanne Dennehy. The Cambridgeshire Live News, who is Joanne Dennehy and where is she now? Serial killer behind the Peterborough Dutch murders. That one was a long one. It's always, it's always the titles. Always. Always the titles. Well, that's the end of the episode. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>
No, we'll say bye for real. Um, thanks for those that help make this podcast what it is. You're all part of the CSP family. Thanks to my friend Casey, who's part of the CSP family, because he listens every week and he helped me fix my house. And I may or may not have gotten yelled at for one time taking credit for doing something in my house that Casey did. Oh, no. Whoopsies. <laughs> Casey said, where was my shot? I'm going to read the exact text message that this man left me. Oops, I just punched <laughs> my mic also. That's how enraged Casey makes me. All right. Here is the text message I received. <clears throat> First message. We're fighting. Oh. <laughs> Second message, you didn't shout me out on Cryptic Soup for helping you with your house. Next text message, in all caps, I need praise. <laughs> so there was that. And then when I was helping them move last weekend, I was like, uh, in, I was the one that was in the U-Haul, like handing stuff out of the U-Haul to all the people uh-huh. so that they could take them up and down stairs because mm-hmm. I'm not strong enough. And I broke something first off. And I... It was so funny. I broke it and I was, everyone was like, just say that Casey broke it when he was driving because he's driving so bad. And I was literally about to lie. And then he caught me holding the part. And I was like, maybe I can still lie. So I was like, I think you broke it yourself, Casey, when you were driving. And he's like, oh, that sounds about right. And then I felt really guilty. And I was like, I broke it. (laughs) I let it fall. It broke. And then he even later in the day tried correcting me. He's like, I think my driving broke it, but Athena took credit for it. I was like, no, I really did break it. No, like really it really did. was me. <laughs> really, like, I broke it. Break. <laughs> and then him and his friends made an inside joke with me and we refused to tell Casey what the joke is, but we kept, uh, we reenacted the joke and Casey's like, what does it mean? What is the joke? I don't get it. And we like reenacted it. It has to do with a hammer. It's really funny. Oh, it's nothing like this case. Just so we're on the same page. <laughs> it's a it's a rubber mallet, actually. And yeah, okay. I can't tell. I'll tell you off air so that Casey doesn't know. But I'll uh, tell you, Kylie. Okay. <laughs> and then in the end, uh, I was helping them move. And I was, I moved the desk. And there's a post-it note of a bunch of like to-do things. And one of them was like podcast to listen to. And our podcast was on the, the post-it note. And I was like, that's my podcast. That's and adorable. I screamed it really loud. And his uh, his partner was like, yeah, I know. I listen to you guys. Like, ah. Okay. So thanks to the CSP family members and the community that you guys have helped us build. We love you all. Big shout out to Taylor, Lab Monkey Creative in the laboratory every week. In the laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> also on Instagram. That's his username, Lab Monkey Creative. Yeah, go check him out. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, which is at Cryptic Soup Pod. Our DMs are always open for suggestions. Shush, slide on in. You can also join. Nope. <laughs> you can't join the Facebook group. We're no longer doing that. It's lame. Uh, we're going to go to Discord. More to come on that soon. Um, but all of our links can also be easily found at crypticsouppod.com as well. Thank you guys for joining in and listening anytime you guys do. If you want to leave us, well, not anytime, because I think you can only do it once. So the one time you decide that we are deemed worthy enough, you could leave us an Apple podcast review and rating and or Spotify rating um, because it gives us good feelings. It makes us feel good about ourselves and what we're doing and the time that we're spending and warm and fuzzies. All of it. It's warm just, and it's, fuzzies. It's a good thing. It makes, it makes the world essentially go round, you could say. Essentially. Essentially. Um, not literally, though. No, no, not literally. Just essentially. <laughs> Correct. I'm glad that you knew what I'm saying to you. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I say things that aren't right sometimes. Remember to subscribe, follow, tune in, keep up with us, and remember to join the conversation where we'll see you next Tuesday for the next episode. Stay tuned. 
So this is our, I think like literally our second ever spree killing that we've ever done. I think the only other one we did was that Dayton one. And I did it so stressfully that I was like, I'll never do that again. (laughs) 